Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What did that do to you? I became a shell of myself. I didn't know who I was. I actually have a couple posts on my page where I was like, I have a post that says, I knew her body better than I knew my own. Stop. Let that sit there. You said you knew another woman's body better than you knew your own. Yes, several, several women. I know several, I knew several other women's bodies better than I knew my own. And um, I spent a lot of time, like I was, I I went in such a, a deep hole where I was like studying these women. I would go to their profiles and I would study their pages and like what they wear. I knew when they were meet when they had met up. So I've, I watched their videos of them having sex. So I would try to imitate that. And recreate that in our relationships so that he could choose me and want me. I never imagined my public healing would inspire others to heal across the world. I thank you for using him to reach the world with the message of hope in relationships. But your life does not. God, you are my publicist. We laugh. (laughs) We share the unadulterated truth. He said, not only have I not divorced you, I ain't exposed you. We didn't marry fans, we married forever. And we wanted forever to act like a fan. Reveal her, Jesus. I will not compromise Mm -mm. on getting a woman of God. You don't have to. And Father, I declare for his future wifey, thank you for preserving her. This season, I declare miracles and manifestations. See, you're selling scripts. And you're unique. You ain't like nobody else. I I noticed that right away. You being true to who you are, you're going to attract. It's a Hebrew word, chayil, and it was translated wealth. And it means people. It means men. It means resources. And it means means. I'm Lateris R. Whitfield, and this is the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. Welcome to the Dear Future Wifey Podcast. I'm your host, Lateris R. Whitfield. Hey, are you still shacking up with us? I bet you not anymore after the episode that y'all saw yesterday. Now we are back at part two. Uh, make a commitment. Hit that subscription button and subscribe. Make sure that um, you join us in November on the healing retreat. Denae, if you, you, I may end up, you know, sponsoring you to come down there if you want to come out to the Las yeah. Cabos. You want to come? I- Absolutely. Sign me up. Okay. I got my passport. It's ready. Uh, okay. So there it is. <laughs> I, I can't wait to travel. Hey, make yes. room. We're going to have, we're going to have the nail here. I want to gift her that, that 
for uh, for Christmas. She gonna she gonna go. Happy to, birthday to me because it's also my birthday. Yeah, it's gonna be your birthday in December. So yes. that's that's great. So we'll be there November the 9th through the twelfth. Um, yes. And so it's gonna be absolutely amazing. So the healing retreat. Uh, make sure that y'all go to I can't wait to travel dot com. And you'll see it on there, the healing retreat with the Terrasar Whitfield. And I'm bringing my boy Bashe Williams along with us. Now, part one, Danea, we talked about some stuff now. Did we? Yeah. Listen, yeah. I was just getting started. That was the pregame. That was the appetizer. Oh, that's the pregame. Appetizer. Well, let me tell you something, because now <laughs> the hashtag is defined XYZ is going to be De- what it define is. Define it. Define commitment. We gotta. We have to be very specific and crystal clear on here. Define wedded bliss. What is that? <laughs> define uh, not being inappropriate. Right. Define it. Define it. Define be, it. You know, like, define, like, let's define a lot of things, okay? <laughs> So I understand what you mean when you go through what you've been through, because when you deal with that certain type of personality, it'll make you have to rethink and restructure and reimagine what words actually mean, because those words can be used against you. And we'll dig deeper into that. And so now we left off. You're in your first year of marriage. Yes. And um, you found that. Derek was having uh, inappropriate conversations with people from his past that he had a sexual relationship with. And um, and then later on, you began to find out that it wasn't just conversations. It had moved to actual sexual acts. Yes. Yes. And again, I didn't find that out until 2019. So we got married January 2018. 2018. I found out in November of 2019 that there was a lot of um, conversations that had turned into physical interactions um, from that point. So in that time span, I had actually began working on myself. I I had 500 followers at the time. Oh, look at you, 500 followers. 500, I was there doing big things. Like you're doing something. You're like, I All got All kinds of big things. I was known. <laughs> People knew who I was, okay? <laughs> he over here with one point something million, you had, had 500. Everybody knew who I was, okay? <laughs> and so I had actually started a little journey um, on Instagram at the time with, like, losing weight. I lost 66 pounds. I had, Congratulations. I told you I had enrolled, thank you, I had enrolled in therapy. So my therapist is, like, helping me through this time as I'm losing weight. And I'm like, yeah. I'm becoming a better person, a better woman. I'm becoming more secure, like in myself and confident in myself. Look at all this weight I just lost. I've been putting this work in. I'm mm-hmm. fine. After two kids. Two whole yeah. kids. I'm yeah. looking fine. Okay. And yeah. then it was at that point where I'm like, I'm gonna I wanna start traveling with you. I'm going on tour with you. So then he 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 did the self-love tour with um uh Steph, Steven Speaks and yeah. all that. And I was there. At almost every tour stop, the people know who you were when they saw you. They did not know who I was until I said I'm his wife. And there was a few times where I had to, I mean, literally our team because I I coordinated our team to travel with us. That I the people that I hired to come with us, and they were literally like holding me back at some of these events, like don't do it. And I'm like, well, what are you about to do? Listen, (laughs) I was not always saved. Okay, so there was, there's, you know, when you have a husband that is um, in the spotlight, women feel like they can do whatever they want 
They can talk to them how they could touch however they want. Oh, you're so fun. These little touches turn into something touches. else. Some more touches. Other touches. Mm-hmm. Right? There was a lot of that. There was a woman that was bold enough to sit on his lap and he didn't even do anything about it. And I I I had better words from at that time because I had been in therapy. So I was practicing those tools and, you know, it still was like, okay, well, this is part of my job. This is what comes with it. You have to be more secure. And I'm like, um, I'm secure, but it is not okay for this to happen, you know? And so that just kind of became a dynamic, um, throughout the rest of the tour, but we made it through by God's grace. But yeah, there was a couple times where they had to hold me back. So he welcomed you on the tour. It wasn't like he yeah. was trying to tell you to stay at home. Or he didn't tell me to stay. He let me. He let me come. I was running, running things. I, I was taking pictures of him and all the people. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, when it got out of control, I would give a look and be like, you know, I am his wife. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Because I didn't know he was married. I didn't know he was married until the infamous uh, Bonnet video. I I never knew he was married. A lot of pe- a lot of people apparently didn't know he was married, but he he did. Make a couple of videos here and there that said he was married. What what video was that? There's a it was a long like probably like when we first got married. He um did a video on YouTube where he was actually live on YouTube and it's still I, I don't know if it's still up there, but he talked about um our marriage and how we got married and all that. And then don't forget your crown. He talks about me and him and our relationship that and us getting what married. Yeah, that's a, one of his books. And he talked about us getting married, which was his number one. P- like book outside of um, a cheating man's heart series. <sighs> I got something for I, y'all. I, I, saw, I saw some shade right there. But it is. It, it's called a cheating man's heart, and it's three series, the three part book. Uh, outside of that, don't forget your crown is right there, where he talks about me and us. My name is all up in the book, and our relationship, uh, parts of it. Are in there. <laughs> said parts of and so the name be throwing his little light little shade up. <laughs> you gotta catch it because she just toss it out there a little I bit. I am a woman of God. <laughs> you know, like I has I have integrity and she but, said parts of it. Part it is. It's the truth though. <laughs> there are parts of it in there and parts of it are true. So he did talk about it a little bit, but it was not this, you know. How we see most people like, oh, this is my wife. Yeah, you know, you ain't gonna see no Gabrielle and Dwayne Wade type of stuff right. or Sierra and Russell. Right. You know. Right. And then when I when I started asking for that, it was like, uh, you gonna make the block hot? <laughs> um, and I'm like, I don't care if I make the block hot. I'm your wife, and um, you gonna make the block hot. So, what did that mean to you? What do you mean by that? You say you gonna make the block hot? Well. Uh, by the time I was really like forceful, like, hey, you need to take a stand for who who you're. If you're saying you want me, you need to take a stand. I need to see this translated. Yeah. And it was like, well, you know, it's like, OK, I'm just coming off of this. Going to make the block hot. You know, like I had to let go of these people and they're going to be upset. And I'm like, I don't care. Let go of what people? What are you talking about? The women. He didn't tell you that. Then that he didn't tell you that if you if you come out and share if he comes out and share that y'all are married that he would have to let go of women. He he say he was saying that he had to let go of these women right behind the, behind the scenes. I'm gonna make the block hot, or he's gonna make the block hot, or I'm gonna make the block hot for him posting me after he's let go of these women because their feelings are gonna be hurt 
Right. Are you talking about women that you knew about before, right. prior to the marriage? Prior, prior to the marriage, in the marriage. Okay. So when <laughs> when when I was very forceful about it, yes. When I was very forceful about it, we had this is you know like two years ago, you know. So we already in the marriage. So when I was like, you need to take a stand. You want me back. This is what needs to okay, happen. Okay. So we fast forward it. Yeah. So this is when you <clears throat> you, you took a because you mentioned in uh, part one that it was an eight month. Yeah, so I was gone for eight months. So I left in February of 2020. To I left Georgia and I went to Denver and I slept on my mama's couch with my two kids um, for eight months. And what I stayed made you away. Leave? There was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot going on at that time. I had already knew about the infidelity um, since Thanksgiving, um, around the Thanksgiving time, where we hosted his whole family in our house. And it was the hardest thing I had to do to sit there and be with his family and all that. I went to Thailand with my mom and my best friend a couple weeks after that. And I gave him, I was talking to the Lord and I was like, okay, Lord, I can't continue to do this. And I was like, okay, you need to choose between the condo and the family that you created. Right. And I really feel like I heard that from the Lord to ask to like, to tell him to do that because he was spending a lot of time. We had a condo and then we had a mansion and I was in a mansion, a 9,000 square foot mansion by myself with two kids more nights than I should be like our the people that clean our house were in there more with me and the kids than yeah. he was and so um I I really felt like I heard that from the Lord like hey choose between the condo you're spending all your time in the family you created and he got so upset so upset like what do you mean <laughs> this yeah. you know like and I'm like you need to choose like what you're what you're gonna do and at that point I still had not told him that I know about all of the so stuff. again that's so, amazing how you you came out and talked about it in premarital counseling and yeah. then now you withdrew again and didn't bring it up again in I, marriage. right because that that scared me. okay all of the anger that I received after just telling him how I actually felt like how I was imp impacted by his decision making in that time. And his res his reaction to that, it was not a, like that didn't invite safety. Yeah. You know, that didn't invite like, oh, continue to do this. Like I at that point still had not even unpacked the the rape trauma. So right. all of that is like fear. <laughs> like, OK, if I continue to talk about this, it's going to push him away. We're married now. I'm yeah. definitely not trying to get a divorce and be left with these two kids <laughs> by myself. And, you know, I, I quit my job to be a stay-at-home mom and to work um, with him. And, you know, so I just withdrew within self. I had not overcome all those things yet. I hadn't unpacked all those things yet. So fear, I was almost like intimidated by him. And then you add on some things that I had not dealt with with my daddy issue. All yeah. of it kind of equated into me withdrawing back into to, to self, into my little shell. So... Um, again, I had to unpack all of those things just to to get to a point to be in a sound mind. So when you left, what did you say when you left? I didn't say anything. You just he just I, came home one day. He was gone. Well, he was at the condo. He decided he was going to go to the condo because we had a big falling out. So it was a condo in the same city. Yeah, it's in Atlanta. It was in downtown mid Midtown. So you had um, a condo in the house. 
we had an, a 9,000 square foot mansion in the same neighborhood that um, the Migos, one of the Migos people, I don't even know their name, so I, so, but one of them lived like not far. So why do you think you need a condo for? He needed a condo so he could record. I was told he the condo was supposed to be for business, for recording, to get this look, for the webinars and all that. That was what that was for, but little did I know, we Shoot. was out here living our best lives. <laughs> Whole full-blown relationships. Okay, so I would want to say duh on that. Duh. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like if you have a a whole condo, you first of all, if you really want to do something, you got a nine thousand square foot house, you can put a whole studio in that nine thousand square foot house. Right, but no, we have kids too loud. You know, there's all these things, the reason why that couldn't happen. Sure, you could have built the studio in the backyard of that bad boy. We there was a lot of space. I imagine so. In Atlanta, the 9,000-square-foot house, I can only imagine what that backyard looked like. Ridiculous. (laughs) Right? And so, um, yeah, so he had the condo. to. It was supposed to be for business, but he spent more nights there than he did um, at home. So, anyway, he ended up going back to the condo because um, I had said some things, like, as it relates to, to scripture that he didn't like agree with and all that and it just turned into a big thing and I was like you need to be delivered I just came I and I I learned a lesson you just can't come at somebody and be like you need to be delivered so I learned a lesson um in that you said what you learned that you can't tell somebody you just can't you just can't be like hey you need to be delivered you got demons I didn't know that though at the time you, you you was a new Christian I was new yeah you was new in this thing I was new I was just like I just found out about deliverance so this is okay to say, like, you need to be delivered. You need to be delivered. This is why. And I know two people that could do it. So we need to figure it out so we can go. You can get delivered. I get delivered. Everybody's happy, right? <laughs> yeah, that doesn't work out. Apparently, people get very upset. <laughs> and um, not only do they get upset, they think you're crazy and, and, and you know, you'd have lost your mind. So I went through that. I said that and then I'm crazy. He said, I'm crazy and all these things. And I need to get some mental, I need to get a mental evaluation. He called my mom, which is how my mom got involved. He called my mom like, Hey, you need to come check on her. And then my mom is calling me like, what's going on? And then I'm telling her all of it because at the time I didn't tell her all of the stuff that was going on. And now I'm telling her all of it because I'm like, okay, I don't have the capacity to deal with this. I got these two kids. I am not crazy. He has a demon inside of me, you know, like he needs to get delivered. And I'm trying to help him to get delivered, you know. <laughs> you oh I, you can't come that aggressive. Um, so that was a learning lesson. I learned that in ministry. That was my first, that was my first um, introduction into ministry. So what brought you into Christianity <laughs> as an adult? Because you said when you were younger, you were introduced to it as a, when you were younger, but then you renewed your faith, recommitted at what, what when was this? Um, so this was around the time I know we talked about how he got his hair cut by a, a, a girl that he had sex with. And it was around that time I enrolled in therapy. I had three therapists at the time. Yeah. And it was around that time I was like, okay, there's something seriously wrong with me and I need to figure it out. There's not, a, I cannot go another year like in this condition. And so I was just doing everything. I'm like, listen, <laughs> whatever I can get into, God is the and answer. Plus I have money, so you right? can just go pay I'm for gonna try. I'm going to try whatever I can try. Like <laughs> yoga, like what else you got? <laughs> you know, like 
God, God is the answer. So let me figure that out. Let me get in some. Let me get in Bible study. I'm calling my mom. Like when you, when is your, when is your Bible study group meeting? I need to get on a video call with y'all, you know, because I'm in Georgia, they're in Denver, and so I started doing that, and and um, I was like on and off with that a little bit, but then um, I started having some like weird dreams and things like that, where I felt like I always had to fight. And like I would go through the day, I'm like, oh, I feel like I have to fight, but I don't know what I'm fighting. Mm, that's good. Like I don't know what I'm fighting. And then my mom was like, Okay, I was waiting for you to get to this point. Yeah. And she's just sitting here waiting whole time, reading me my whole life. And mm-hmm. she's like, Okay, there is a spiritual war going on. There it is. And you need to decide who you're gonna serve. Yeah. That's what she said to me. I was like, What? <laughs> what do you mean? I already served Jesus. She's like, You need to decide who you're gonna serve because you have not been serving my Lord. Mm-hmm. And I'm like. Okay, so um, that's good. Once I started pursuing, like taking this, when she said that, I was like, okay, this is this is real. And then our daughter started having some like night terrors, um, but it was some crazy like um, paranormal activity type mm-hmm. of stuff happening in our house. Like when I say stuff moving, when I say lights turning on by itself, when I seen our daughter literally get picked up out of her bed, there's a camera in the room and on the floor, like nobody's in her room. I believe in all that nobody's in her room and I was like what do I do besides calling the name of Jesus I don't know so that's what really started because I'm like okay now my child is being attacked this I got to take it serious it's one thing with me but now my child is being attacked she's one and a half two years old at the time and so I started really going down that path and I didn't really tell him because he was you know he's at the condo working (laughs) so so He's out, you know, he's providing and I'm out give you here. That, give me that nice little soft life you live in. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yes. You so know. you can have three therapists and, and exactly. All Listen, shout out to all three of them therapists. <laughs> they had their work cut out for them. And yes, so <laughs> And so what was the breaking point for you to get up and leave and go to Denver? So when he started, when he said I was crazy, because I'm like, you need to be delivered. We need to go now. And this is what needs to happen. So he called <laughs> you your know? mom and you said, forget it, I'm going. I was like, it took a couple of days. It took a couple of days. And I was like, okay, I feel like I can't just leave. So I'm like, okay, we need to go to therapy. We need to work this out. And I'm texting him because he's like not answering my calls. He's like, if you come to the condo, I'm going to call the police on you. Um, all these, I'm like, okay. I said, I was texting him. I'm like, okay, we have to figure out how to work this out. Um, the best way for us to do this is for you to come here and we can figure, figure it out. Like, and he was basically like, I'm not coming back there. Like, I would rather be separate, separated from you than to be miserable um, with you in the same house. And I was like, Mom, my bags are packed. When can you be here? And she was on the flight the next morning, flew in, and we drove. Or I can't even say we drove. I drove like 80 miles an hour to All Denver. the way from Atlanta from, to Denver. Yes. How long is that trip? It's a 24-hour drive. I drove the first 15 hours pretty much straight through. She had to force me to stop driving. You were just motivated on adrenaline. I was, I was, yeah, adrenaline, and I was just, like, so upset. And then I was kind of scared, too, because I'm like, I can't believe, like, I'm actually doing this. He's going to freak out when he realizes that I'm gone because I didn't say anything. I didn't send, uh, my phone was actually, right, my my phone was actually turned off at the time because there was like a little financial crisis that started happening around that time too. So my phone was actually turned off. So I was like, this is perfect. You don't just slide by that financial crisis had your phone cut off. My phone was cut off at the time. I live in a 9,000 square foot house and and your phone get cut off. He was working at the condo, so. (laughs) 
It, it could have been a financial crisis, just a uh, uh, oversight of okay. the bill being paid. Yeah. Because you can't have a 9,000 square foot house. I don't know. I wasn't even involved with the finances. So that's what I, I've been told. So You've I, been told? Yeah, because I wasn't involved in it. So he just told I, you what? It's a financial crisis. I, it was a financial crisis from what I understand. Define financial crisis. Define it. <laughs> Define it because there was sure a Lamborghini. That's what I'm saying. And Bentley sitting up here doing car videos with a Bentley. There was a lot of stuff. So I don't know where it all went, but we had a financial crisis and my phone was turned off. So at that time it was turned off. And um, well, How so, long was it cut off? About a couple of hours? Days. See, I don't understand that. Days. And so it kind of worked out because then he can immediately call me and it's, my mom's not answering the phone. So there's that. <laughs> but by the time I actually got to Denver, he was already there. So He was? He was. Uh, he flew down there while y'all was driving. He flew. Mm-hmm, and he was at my mom's old address because he had looked her stuff up online and went to her old address. Didn't realize that she had moved. And so... He was at the wrong address, and he and I called him when I got there. I was like, okay, at minimum, I could call him when I'm actually there. Yeah. Let him know. He's like, you know, I need like, like let's talk. He's out standing outside. I'm outside. I'm like, outside where? And it's snowing, and he's like, I'm outside. Let's talk. And I'm like, um, she doesn't even live there anymore. And I'm like, uh, I don't think I should be coming out right now. Like, I just got off the road. We just got off the road, and my mom is in the background, like. You just got off the road. You are not going anywhere. And then she's on the phone with um, <laughs> someone. And she, they're like, uh-uh, you, mm-mm, get off that phone. Mm-mm. He can wait. Right? And Which then brought in a whole nother dynamic. Because it's like, mm-hmm. um, your mom mm-hmm. is controlling your yep. behavior and your actions. And she's keeping you away and telling you what to say and what to do. So then that became a whole nother dynamic. And I'm just like, head spin. So how long did it take for you to connect with him while he was in Denver? We met the we met the next day. We met at IHOP, and with the kids, my mom dropped dropped me and the kids off. Um, and he was like, "How long are you gonna be here?" And I was like, "I don't know, a couple of weeks." You know, still not saying like I know, you know, about all this stuff that's going on. And um, he was like, "Well, like you just gonna leave? Like how do you you just gonna leave like that and not say anything?" And I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> like you decided you wanted to stay at the condo. I can't stay in this house by myself. Um, and so he's like, so you're just going to keep the kids away from me. And I'm like, I'm not even trying to do that. But there I take care of them pretty much by myself. Been doing it by myself for since they were born, essentially, mostly as far as the main care of them um, outside of financially, which apparently that's a big deal. If you provide financially, that is mm-hmm. that's the only job you have. <laughs> so. <laughs> I did not know that. I'm learning though. And define, so, <laughs> define, <laughs> provide, define. right? And so, yeah. So, and so he's there. How long did you stay in Denver before coming back? I was there for eight months, and he traveled there almost every, if it not every week, every other week. He was there every month. So, what was your plan? Chasing, I w- I was just trying to survive. At that point, by the time I got to Denver, I was like unhealthily like skinny like I was malnourished I had been eating I was depressed I was malnourished like literally I 
I'll try to I'll try to pull up a fo- picture of my phone so you can see it. But I was malnourished. Like they had to like force feed me to like get me to back to a state where I could just eat properly. Why? Um, all the stuff that I had been dealing holding with in. and holding in, like I was dying. Had I not left Georgia at the time, I would have died in Georgia. Like I had been in the hospital. They couldn't figure out what's going on with me. I'm bleeding out of places. They're like, I don't know why you're bleeding like this. There was so much stress and stuff going on with my body at the time. Had I not left at the time that I did, I, I think I would not be here right now. Who Lord, Lord Jesus. And so... And so I stayed there for eight months and literally my family that knew that I was there because everybody in my family didn't know I was there. And they were feeding me (laughs) to make sure I got back to helping me with the kids, um, taking that on so I could really just do my therapy and just recover mentally and emotionally. And I started going to um, one-on-one sessions, um, Bible studies, counseling. And really unpacking some things from a spiritual aspect and going back into the spiritual aspect of like not having the father with the abandonment and the rejection and then learning about how that translates into like Jesus was rejected. He he was abandoned and all that. Like I had to relearn all the, all that happened in that eight, eight in months. that eight months. And um, from there, I started journaling, not yeah, journaling to the Holy Spirit and giving him all the details. And this is where the Lord began to speak to me like, hey, you need to. Write out all these things that you've seen that you've been trying to tell such and such. You've been trying to tell that you've been telling the therapist, you've been telling that all of them, that's great, but they can't take the pain that is in your soul. They can't take that out of you. Yeah. You know, only I can take that out of you. And so I began to do that. And then I have literally notebooks, notebooks of the trauma and the pain and the videos, like the details and all of that, that I have seen all of it of giving that to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I invite you into this. I'm giving you the details of this down to like the tattoo, the mold, the this, like all the details. I'm giving you all of that. What tattoo? I'm saying like of what I've seen, of the women, of oh, the people. Oh, seeing everybody's body parts. Right, right. How and, does that feel? I want I want to spend a, a little time on that because that's some serious trauma. When it happens the first time, it, like I said, I've been in environments where I've walked in and seen stuff that I didn't want to see. So what what did that do to you? I became a shell of myself. I didn't know who I was. I actually have a couple posts on my page where I was like, I have a post that says, I knew her body better than I knew my own. Stop. Let that sit there. You said you knew another woman's body better than you knew your own. Yes, several, several women. I know several, I knew several other women's bodies better than I knew my own. And um, I spent a lot of time, like I was, I I went in such a a deep hole where I was like studying these women. I would go to their profiles and I would study their pages and like what they wear. I knew when they were meeting, when they had met up. So I watched their videos of them having sex. So I would try to imitate that. And recreate that in our relationships so that he could choose me and want me. And um, that is a low point to be. And I'm I'm tearing up a little bit because that I hate that I even got to a point where that was a thing. But that that it was it was just that. 
And so I knew several other women's bodies better than I knew my own. I lost, completely lost myself. It became a shell of myself. I tried to imitate their hair, their actions, even um, sexual things that I had seen him doing with them. I tried to recreate that in our life um, when, when we were engaged. And, and none of it amounted to anything. And so I just became more like depressed, more withdrawn because it's like I can't share this with him because then he's going to leave. Right. Because I'm still operating off of that abandonment and all of that. And so it's so crushing and I can't there's not really words to put like what happens to you when you see that. And you don't just see it one time, but you see it multiple times and you see it multiple times over years, years what that does and that and then you compound onto that rape trauma you compound onto that daddy issue like there's no way for anybody to survive that mentally and emotionally without god <laughs> like intervening in some way to t to literally pluck that out of you. it's so crushing there's no breath in my body what brought you back eight months you were away you're restoring yourself not only physically because you're malnutrition at this time. Uh, you're about to lose your mind. You got three therapists. You're now participating in your mother's um, Bible study groups and, and all that. So you've been edified on a spiritual level. Eight months away, he's coming in to see you and the kids. What made you say, I'm going to go back and I'm about to recommit to this marriage? I gave him a list of 13 things that I needed to recommit. I have fasted and prayed on it. And I'm like, Lord, if I go back, there's some things that I need. I gave him a list of 13 things that absolutely needed to happen. Do you remember some of the things on that list? Yes. The first thing was that we needed to have spiritual like counsel. Like We had to engage for a minimum of six months. He had to schedule time for me and the children within his work schedule. And he had to create the schedule, not me create it for him. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he had to change his numbers because um, he had two phones at the time. He had to change both of those numbers. Then he had to get rid of all of the women. That means like anybody that he had had any type of relationship with, whether it was sexual conversation or it was actually physical, they had to go, all of them. Um, that we had to renew our vows and... Um, those are a couple off the top of my mind. Why is it important mind. to renew your vow? Because I feel like we we built it on a faulty foundation. Good. Our marriage was built on a faulty foundation, so we had to reset that thing. And um, the vows that we took were not necessarily rooted in God, you know, at the time from either side. Yeah. And so we had to really um, reset that. And, again, I spent some time in fasting and prayer to develop that list with the yeah. Lord. And it's like, okay, this is what needs to happen. And so he did not do that immediately, which is why I spent eight months away. But towards the end, he started coming into doing a lot of those things. And then he um, he started pursuing um, one of the deliverance minister, ministers that I had told him about. He started flying everywhere this, the, this minister was. And um, I could see that visually. Like, I could watch it on YouTube. You know, I'm seeing yeah. him there and I'm seeing him get some deliverance, which he did. And I'm like, yes, Lord, you're answering my prayer. Okay, I can feel I can feel good about coming back now. And um, again, this is against like my mom and other the yeah. other people in the Bible studies. Like they're like, uh, you need to wait and let it let him continue to go through the process. I'm like, you know, I'm grown. Yeah. You know, I can do this. And so I came back 
um, off of that. And I, be- I believed in that. And I knew that he was like on the path and we were re- very heavily connected with um, some people in the church that were helping us and all that. So, and I would say fair enough, like you, you're, you're, you're the wife, uh, your mom, of course, she's trying to cover you. She, she, you know, was going to advocate for you. But at the end of the day, you had to make that decision to say, because at, at the end of the day, it's not healthy for a wife or a husband to be living away from each other. Right. You know what I'm saying? You work through those problems with each other. But I do believe that at the state that y'all were in, that he did need to actually show and tell um, and to prove that he wanted to fight for the marriage and so you saw that and you felt the unction to go back yeah. and then so when you got back what happened when we got back when, when i and got give me back, time frame so this was in 2020 20 or 2021 now okay so this is 2020 i came back um we actually so when i came back i didn't go back to georgia i this was part of the parameters like we need to leave georgia georgia is not the place for us there's too much too much access Way emphasis on access, a lot of it open, yeah. right? Yeah, and so, um, I was like, I'm really feeling Texas. Um, I feel like it's equal distance between both of our families as far as travel time. Um, I'm thinking Houston, but he was getting Dallas, so I was like, okay, like, let's go. Okay, so we're going to Dallas. So he ended up packing up the whole house pretty much in Georgia. And, um, after I told him he needed to get rid of a lot of things, and um, <laughs> and then, um I met him here in Texas and we started here in Texas and it was like, it felt great. Like it felt good. We had people here um, in the church that we were meeting with regularly, regularly. And um, we were looking for different places um, like where we wanted to settle down. We started in Plano and went to a couple of different places. And so um, I felt like it was like on track. Of course, there's always issues, right? We're, we're still recovering from whole trauma, right? Yeah. Like we're not going to skip past the fact that there was all these women involved in the marriage right. that I'm still dealing with. On top of now I'm actively unpacking the rape trauma at the same time that I'm dealing with the betrayal trauma from the infidelity, like all of it's happening at the same time. And so um, he was very supportive. I feel like he was very supportive in um, understanding and like, okay, what do I need to do? And all these 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 things that I couldn't have asked like for more of, you know, so. And then when did the infamous bonnet video, when did that take place? When so was he was, outed? That was 2021. So that everything was, was going so everything was going pretty good. Overall, yeah. Overall, every, overall back, everything was new start. Yes. Overall, it was a new start. Um, we're still just kind of unpacking just all of the stuff, right? But and he's so, doing the work, y'all. Yeah, he's y'all doing Y'all have a spiritual oversight that's yeah, helping y'all walk through some the, stuff. He's he, spending time with the kids now. Yes. Uh, he's he, scheduling time with the kids. Uh, um, did y'all renew y'all vows? We did not. We did not. That was one of the things that did not happen. And, you know, that was something like, okay, we need to put it on the priority list and it just never, <laughs> it never happened clearly, but, right. um, that did not happen, but all the other things were little, I'm like, okay, you know, we can get there. All these other things Changes are important. Numbers, both his numbers. He changed both of the numbers, but apparently people still had access. So <laughs> <laughs> did not know that, you know, apparently iPhone has some weird, um, technology where you can have did like they, these secret messages. Oh, for real? I, listen, I don't know. I don't have an iPhone. So, <laughs> But apparently, there's a thing, there's a feature on there. So, <laughs> <laughs> a 
there's a feature on there. There is. So, but yeah, so, you know, he was doing some things that I was like, okay, we can work with this. There's progress in this area. I don't expect perfection. You know, I expect progress in tangible progress. So would you be okay with, I, I'm not messing with 10 women right now, but I got about two. No, no, no. So it was, right, right, right. So (laughs) that was progress. Right. Define progress, which I did. (laughs) Surprisingly, I was very specific. I said there zero, none. (laughs) Right. Because we do have to be very specific here. We cannot leave any blurred lines or nothing like that. I I did actually clarify to him directly. I said, I mean, like when I say zero, I mean zero, right? Because then we have to define sex, right? (laughs) Okay, oral sex is still sex, which was not counted as sex for some reason in other conversations. So (sighs) we had to get very specific. So I was very clear. Hey, when I say zero, I mean nothing. I mean, like I don't want like no no friend, everybody. I don't care how what business connection they are. I don't care what their status is. I don't care how many followers they have. I don't care. All of them need to be gone. Facts. And so, um, but for for everything was going great from, it was going, it was going to win. Well, everything was going well until overall, until, um, until the The Tasha K came out with the, with all the stuff. And that was in March of 2021. And so um, from there, it was just like all, everything just came back up to the surface again. Like was fresh, that new open to you? wounds. But when she, when she revealed in 2021, was that, was you blindsided about it? No, because I had already, he had already confessed to the 11 women that he had been with, which the, the two that were on there or the three that were on there had already been on his list of people that he gave me and um we had already been working on dealing with it and all of that and so that information wasn't new but what it, what happens is that you know it un it uncovers that wound all over again <laughs> right yeah. because now not not only on a private level but now on a public level and so now it's like open wound all over again and then at that time just weeks, two days before that, we found out we were expecting our third child. Literally the day it, it was released um, on that platform, we were at his uh, stepfather's um, wake. And so we're dealing with grief. We're dealing with expecting our next child. And now we're dealing with, with this all at the same time. And then it's like that following Monday, we're on camera. And I'm like, it's a helmet of salvation. <laughs> Yes, this is what's needed right now. That's all I got, right? <laughs> all I know what is it's say? a spiritual Helmet attack. <laughs> Helmet is something. That's all I got. It's protects your mind. Right now, my mind is being attacked, and I need something better than therapy. You know what? A lot of people don't understand this, too, um, is that you're in the midst of trauma. A lot of times, people... People can never, most people can identify with what you were going through. They may have dealt with somebody that have cheated on them, but they've never dealt with somebody that was cheating on them. They got, you know, two million. How many combined followers four, does four, he have? Over four million. Four million between Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. and YouTube. Four million. Now, here's this private woman who has always been shy her whole life. Uh, she's been the quiet girl sitting in the college campus. And now she has always played, you know, back office to, to his brand. And now she's thrust. The first time we ever hear her 
first time we ever hear her was in this video dealing with trauma of him saying, hey, listen, yes, I may have been in a pro, I may have done this, this, this. And it's the first time we see this woman in front of this large, vast world of judgmental people saying, why she got her hair like that? Why she look like, why she look like, why, you know, and now they're picking you apart, giving some people, giving him an excuse. Oh, we got to rebuke people who do that. Giving people an excuse a married man excuse. Well, I see why he cheated on her then. Look what she looked like. She probably was the type of woman that didn't keep herself up. No one knew that you were pregnant at that time. No one knew that y'all just came uh, back from a, a funeral and a wake. No one knows that. No one, no one knew that you had been covering him all these years up until this point, being this, this supportive wife, being this woman who was not some girl that was like, I don't want to have sex with my husband. You're saying, I want to perfect this thing. I'm over here trying to model what these other women are doing so that I can give my man the best sex so he can choose me and leave them alone. No right. one knows the inner struggle that you're going through. No. no one knew the abuse that you had uh, come through. Haven't overcome it yet, but you have come through it. No one knew that here it is this woman who never wanted to be in this spotlight is now sitting right here in front of the world being picked apart. Right. And that's the reason, Denea, I said I want to make sure that I had a makeup artist come make you look absolutely beautiful and, and like you needed it. But I said I want to make sure that they didn't have nothing to pick you apart from. I, I, and I appreciate that. I appreciate all the care and the just basic human dignity and respect that you've shown me, which apparently is hard to get just being me for whatever reason that is. And so... You know, all of the public scrutiny that I endured in that time, I'm like, it's almost like a head spin. It's like, what is going on? I don't even know how to respond or react. Um, all I know is that my mental and emotional state is right now in danger. And if that goes, then everybody's going to die. Yeah. Literally, physically. Yeah. Had had I not had the helmet of salvation or at least had knew that scripture, yeah. um, I really, I really would have committed suicide. And I'm, I'm that's the state that I was um at in that moment. And I, I'm pregnant with a child, right? And that embellishes all the emotions that you already have just outside Gone of through that. postpartum uh, depression I, twice with the other severe, kids. And here you are right now dealing with all this. Severe postpartum depression. I'm pregnant again. Just found out I was pregnant again. And I'm like, Lord, I I mean, when am I going to get a break? And you know what? The only thing that came to me in that moment was um, Job when he was getting attacked, you know, his finances, his marriage and all that. Like, that's the what, And that's where the whole helmet of salvation thing came from. It's like I'm recognizing this as a spiritual attack. I understand clearly we have some real serious things that are going on, but everything right now, my mental health, my health is being attacked. My child, the seed in me is being attacked. If I don't pull through this, not only am I going to die, my child is going to die. Yes. <laughs> you know, and I can't, I cannot get to a place to allow that to happen. And that's the scripture that, that really fueled me. And then like literally I knew two scriptures, which was that in helmet of salvation. So I went with the helmet of salvation and, um, <laughs> I'm proud of you, queen. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Cause at the end of the day, if that's all you had to hold on to for your sanity, to be able to, um, be present in your kid's life. Um, there was a, a that that post for Mother's Day that that uh, he made <laughs> he made a post um, acknowledging you, and he 
made a statement of saying in times where you didn't even didn't have the strength to show up for yourself. Of course, you showed up for your kids. Um, how'd you feel about that? What? Like, that's how I felt. Like, what is going on here? I was completely confused. I'm like, somebody, some, somebody sit me down and explain this. We need to define a lot of things. Um, you didn't look at that as, wow, he's celebrating me on Mother's Day? No. And so that's where I'm like, okay, should I feel bad about that? Like, this is like a real internal dialogue. Like, should I, am I ungrateful? Am I, like, these are the questions that I'm going through, like, real time, real life. Like, I don't, I don't feel that. I feel confused about it. And I feel like, like, was that really for me? Because when I'm looking at it, you know, I was blocked for months um, until apparently just recently, which I didn't even know I was unblocked. Don't block from what? From social from media? From his social media. Uh, he blocked me on everything. And so I didn't even know I was unblocked. He didn't tag me in it. So I'm like, was that for me? And then my name is D-A apostrophe capital N-A-I-A. He didn't even have the decency to spell, your name spell right. my name right. And so I'm like, okay, am I being nitpicky because I want my name to be spelled right after all these well, years? Well, I mean, it is your, it is your, your, your husband. I mean, I mean, but I don't even know. I mean, can we define? Can we define all these things? Is that even a thing to add to? Can we define husband? Right? Can we? Is that? I don't even know if that's a thing to expect your husband to spell your name right. So, um, I question. I have questions about it, and so I have real, real questions about it. Do I see on in a general sense that it could be viewed as sweet and all that? Yes. I can recognize that, but then there's so many things like on the back end that is not acknowledged and that have been going on. So I'm like, this doesn't make any sense to me. So now I'm just confused and I need somebody to explain it to me. You said he didn't tag you, so it, it he couldn't have been for you. He didn't tag me in it. I didn't even know about the post until Monday, like at 9 p.m. My best friend is messaging me. We're having a conversation. And she was like, girl, I almost hollered when I seen his post. And I was like, what post? <laughs> and she was like, you didn't see the post? I'm like, he blocked me on everything. I ain't see nothing. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, I'm not following. I'm not stalking his pages. Like, yeah. I'm living. I'm trying to build my stuff over here. I'm everything new. Right. And so she's like, hold, please. So she sends me a screenshot. And I'm like, what? Yeah, they posted it on the shade room. They um, they it didn't go as as planned because a lot of people saw right through it. A lot of people were mad at it. They was like, uh, you made her a single mother because he talked about, you know, you've been a, a mother, whatnot, and said, you know, imagine this backhanded uh, compliment. You've done all this. You drug this woman through. The, and they kept the part that they kept uh, referencing was the part about uh, you being able to show up for yourself at times when you couldn't show. I don't want to uh, butcher yeah. what he said, but it was something about the. Uh, been able to show up for yourself at times when it was hard for so you. So he's referencing, okay, this is how, like, crazy this is. He's referencing the post where I just told you guys about where um, I knew her body better than I knew my own. And I had made a post, and I'm, like, testifying, like, all the things I went through and all of the demonic spirits that I allowed into myself, like, with just trying to do all the things that I was doing. And I said how it affected, how it affected me and that, little segment of his post was referencing that even down to our daughter. Like I had a, I had 
some issues like just like with the complexion of our daughter because that was the type of woman that he would go after and I'm not dark like super dark skinned woman and our daughter's like a little chocolate little princess she has it you know and I'm just like how does she look like the women that he wants wow that's deep how does she look like the women that he he wants and he desires and he loves like you know like I don't understand it's like they had her even though I carried her (gasps) You know what I'm saying? And so How I had to work the, the out. You got, the name you got to let that sit. You can't go it, dude. <laughs> you said they had her even though you had her? They had her even though I carried her. That's what I felt like for a long time. I had to really sit down. and Because I'm, she, she, her skin tone represents the type of women that he would cheat on you with? Yes. Yes. And so there, then it just played on the rejection and the abandonment <sighs> and the not like choose me what is there about me right our daughter even has everything that you like search for or at least um per- preference yeah in a one in a woman now every woman wasn't dark skin clearly but there's a preference in a type and a lot of them were and so even our daughter came out in that preference and i'm like you know, and that, and that I feel like the Lord did that intentionally so that I could really deal with that. Um, I could really deal with that aspect and he, and and be able to teach my daughters because I have two girls now, but be able to teach them and one's lighter and one's darker, <laughs> right? So I, I I had the experience of being in this weird world where I'm trying to be other these other women and and all these things, but. I had to really sit back and deal with that. It affected my, I feel like my ability to mother her and to nurture her and to just have that mother daughter relationship that I always desired, but I didn't know how to get there because all this Mm -hmm. stuff was in the way. And so I had started um, telling him about that and trying to be vulnerable because when you decide to come back, you got to be vulnerable still, even though it's scary. And so I had started telling him that. So he referenced that in his um, mother's day post. And so I'm like, I don't know how to, I really don't know how to respond to this. I don't know that it was for me per se, as much as it may have been for, you know, image. Like, that's how I feel. Like, this is me working it out. Um, This is me working it out. And he did behind the scenes. He did. He did give me a big thing of flowers and a card, Um, but he didn't say any of those things to me directly. So I'm like, I don't. I don't understand. And he gave that to you at a at a at your son's, at birthday, son's birthday birthday party. Yeah, at our son's birthday party. The day before Mother's Day. Yeah. Um who Lord Jesus. So let's go back. You're recording this video. How did the video come about? Did he say, Hey, I need to record this video. I want you to be a, a part of it. I want you to stand by your man. Like what No, happened? he didn't coerce me into making the video. He asked me like would I feel comfortable? He's like, Do you would you feel comfortable? Cause I don't want you to do something you're not comfortable with. And I'm like, I feel like I have to do this because I decided to come back and I've been I've been putting pressure on you to make a stand for me. So if I'm going to put pressure on you to make a stand for me, I need to sit up here and be in the fire with you. Yeah. Right. So like, it's only, I signed up for the worst, the better and the worst and all yeah. that. Right. So here's the worst and we are here. And do I like it? No, but he didn't coerce me to, to, to do it. I made the decision like, okay, I'm going to do it, especially since I've been putting this pressure on you to make a stand for me. So if you're going to, if this is the way we're making a stand, this is how we're doing it. Um, so there wasn't a whole lot of preparation time again. We did it like the following Monday. We 
the funeral, the wake was on Friday. We went to the funeral Saturday. We drove back. Um, we drove um, back on sun, through Sunday. Monday, we're sitting there recording. Like, there's no sleep. We're still grieving. You know, I'm whole, I'm whole pregnant. Just found out I was pregnant. Like, still got to make a doctor's appointment just to confirm the viability of it. Whole eight weeks pregnant at that point. Didn't even know that. But <laughs> um, so... You know, it was a lot going on. It's like we have to make a, we have to we have to do something because, you know, this is getting out of control and this is our source of income. So financial crisis on top of all of the other things. Right. So that's again, that's where I told you the Lord just brought me to Job. Financial crisis, house is being marriage is being attacked. Children are being attacked, right? I'm pregnant, so my child is being, my children are being attacked. Um, mental and emotional state being attacked. All these things are being attacked. And when I'm looking at it, I'm like, okay, Satan has asked for permission to attack us. And there he has legal grounds and rights because this has all been, you know, we've been doing our own thing yep, yep. in here. And so this is a different type of battle than the average person would think or even the average Christian would think to think like, oh, all these areas are being attacked. Like get off of social media and go see a therapist. Well, the therapist is not going to save my mental and emotional state right now. Only Jesus is, you know, <laughs> so. So you sat down, you recorded that video. Yes. You didn't prep. You didn't. You had, what was that? Some people say it's a bonnet. Some people say it's a beret. Which one was it? It was a beret. It's actually a hat. Okay. Um, I had on a hat. Um I was, that was the day I was having like morning sickness. I was just like exhausted. And it was like, we have to get this done though. Like there was an urgency in like, okay, we have to get this, this done. We have to get ahead of this. We don't have a PR person. Like we have to, we have to do something. So I'm like, okay, you know, help me get through it. He made a video before me and him got on there. And I think he took that down because yep. people were coming after yeah. him. But I was like, I had walked into the office while he was recording that and, Basically, it was like, okay, redo, but with us together, uh, you know, and um, so there wasn't a whole lot lot of prep into that. But after the fact, I was like, okay, let's prep. He bought this little um, media kit person or I don't even know what you call it, but it's a person that helps you content creator. prepare for these types of things and. It's like coaching, like you got to sit up and you got to like, oh, lean. you got to lean, for lean forward and, you know, like smile. You don't want to wear white on the camera. You know, I'm like, what? You know, y'all know this is my first time sitting in front of anybody's camera. Like I haven't even spoken on camera. You tell me y'all had a media training person there when y'all recorded that video? No, not there. Um, After that, after that, we he started investing in some of those things. And he started showing me videos of like Kobe Bryant and Vanessa when, um, he was going through his little thing and how she was like rubbing his hand and consoling him. And he was like, yeah, you got to rub my hand. You got to, you know, like you see how she is. You got to. And I'm like, OK, but I, I'm not an actor. I, I can't do that. And so that just caused a little bit of I'm like, I can't I can't do that. Like I'm I'm doing good just sitting here, <laughs> you know, seriously, like that's all I got for you. And I'm whole pregnant. I don't even know what to do. I never talked on camera before. I have like. I don't even know what to do. So, so I got, I'm gonna sit right here. I'm gonna sit here and I'm, I'm gonna stand look. beside you. So and I'm gonna look at the camera. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, what would you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Would you take up a new hobby, catch up on some sleep, complete reading the book you've never had time to finish, but always promised that you would? 
Did you know the best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is by knowing what's important to you and making it a priority? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I couldn't have become the person I am today without therapy, to be honest with you. My vulnerability and transparency were cultivated in therapy, and it served as a foundation in which the beloved Dear Future Wifey podcast was built. Now, as you know, relationships of all kinds are important to me. Therapy helps with learning positive coping skills, managing expectations of myself and others, and most importantly, establishing healthy boundaries. Ooh, boy, life is stressful, ain't it? Now, therapy is a safe space to recalibrate and recenter. Now, can I be transparent with you? Since the inception of this podcast, I've always wanted to do this right here for better help. Why? Because so many of you reach out to me seeking referrals for therapy services after each episode. My heart has been overwhelmed by the outpouring of you desiring help to show up better in life. And guess what? I believe the world is a better place with better help. It's entirely online, too. Designed to fit your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Wifey today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Wifey. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. That's exactly what I did. Like what? What I did? I am never. I had never sat in front of a camera before, right? (laughs) So this, all these components, and that's one of the reasons why um, I never really wanted to be at the forefront. Um, It wasn't just like him hiding me either. It's like I don't really want to be at the forefront because I know people are cruel, and you know, at the time I had all these insecurities and all of these things, which were serious. We kind of touched on some of them. I wouldn't have. I would have killed myself had this happened. In it like three, four years ago, I literally and I and I and I don't say that loosely. Oh, I know. I, I do know. not say that loosely. I know. Like I really mean that. And there was a couple of, of attempts in the past, so um, I wouldn't have been able to survive it if not had been for for God. And it gives more credence to helmet of salvation. It does. As people want to laugh about, it. how do you laugh about the helmet of salvation? I I really don't know. So it, I'm really confused behind it because it's like okay the word of god is active and alive right so if i speak the word of god and i say i'm activating the full armor of god the helmet of salvation just because you can't see it something is activated yeah. around my around my mind and my thoughts are being attacked right so it says bring every thought into the obedience of christ jesus right mm-hmm. punishing all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled so i gotta bring every thought people are telling me you're emotionally um, wrecked, you're mentally ill. You're, if I don't 
do something spiritually, that those things are going to plant into my spirit. And my spirit is already messed up from all the stuff that I've been going through that you have no idea about. And I'm pregnant. So that just amplifies everything. So I need something stronger than um, grounding techniques. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let me ask you this. You don't have to answer this if you yeah. don't want to, because this is just your private business. Were you ever diagnosed with any type of mental illness during that time? No, actually, I wasn't. And I, we had sat in front of some some high class um, therapists. We had a um, a therapist actually in the UK. She's does a lot of TV shows and things like that. We still talk to her, <laughs> but um, she did not. I took tests. Did they diagnose you clinically depressed or anything? I did not get diagnosed clinically depressed outside of my um, postpartum. Yeah, outside of my postpartum, which. Um, I got cleared and approved uh, of all all the times. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I went through my little stint of that. I have not been diagnosed with any other mental illnesses Good. or anything. Good. So having the salvation work, didn't it? It did. Come on, somebody. Because there's people <laughs> that have been through less stuff that have lost their entire mind. Complete mind. <laughs> and and we don't understand how how much, how important it is to really fight those things and, and not accept other people's reports about us because it plants into our spirits. And then once we start believing that it, then we become that. So as, as a man think thinks, so, is, so he. is he. So if I start thinking, oh, I do have a, all these things wrong yeah. with me, then, I mean, it's a wrap. Yeah. And I'm like, I refuse to believe that. Yeah. I don't care what's going on. Jesus said yeah. I'm healed and I'm whole. And this helmet of salvation is going to do something for me. I don't know what it's going to do yet. Yeah. But it's yeah. going to do something because he said his word cannot lie and it will not return to him void. And that's all I know. So answer this. How did you become this woman that was afraid to get in front of the camera? And then after all that happened, then you felt the need to respond. And now you're over here saying the heaven of salvation stuff. And now you're you're cursing people out, saying, you know, saying they're going to go to hell and everybody come against you and your husband. You speaking curses on what 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 happened? Well, so there is a process that everybody goes through when they're, you know, everybody has to go through a, a, a process. And it's about how you respond to the process, especially when you're called into to ministry. And I don't claim by any means to have done everything perfectly and in the right order. You know, I'm learning through it and growing into the ministry. So there's a lot of, there's a lot. I'm like, dang, all right, Lord, I didn't know. Like, I'm trying to figure I'm it out. I'm still trying to learn this thing. I'm still trying to figure it out. I just learned this yesterday. I'm trying to use what you, <laughs> practical application, right? So, you know, like, you know, he, so. Rihanna, you can't be laughing over there. <laughs> so practical application is like, you're teaching us this. You want us to use it. I'm using it. I don't know what I'm doing. So, so again, I don't claim to have done everything right, but I'm as I'm learning it, I'm doing it. I'm demonstrating it. And yeah. this is how the Lord is refining me, right? Because we all have to go through a refining process. We're being tested. I'm being tested in this time. Not yeah. only is the world coming against me, but now I'm being tested for the call that he has called me to. There it is. You know, so am I going to stand firm in my beliefs? Am I going to stand firm in um, telling my story in my testimony? Or am I going to allow the world to tell me what my story is? There it is? Or am I going to allow the world to define who I am? Or am I going to believe God's report about who I am and what he's called me to do? There it is. So... So what did you, what did you, <laughs> someone was telling me about the video. I, I was going to look for it before the interview, but I didn't want to be brainwashing all this stuff. What did you curse? What did you say to people? Psalm 109. I mean, literally, it's, 
it it is it is a plea for help against false accusers. What you say? I want you to put I, this up. <laughs> <laughs> it's a plea for help against false accusers. Okay, it says, "Let their children be vagabonds on the earth. <laughs> Let the mercy of God be withdrawn for, from them." Right? I'm, where's my Bible at? Who got a, I didn't bring my physical Bible in here. You Psalm one hundred nine. Go to verse like it's like nine nine ten. 11. Okay. You said you found that let their Let their children be fatherless. Let their... <laughs> <laughs> let, like, I'm quoting the scripture. It's a plea for help against false accusers. Now, many people... For the mouth of the wicked... <laughs> Where you want me to start on? Verse okay. 2? Um, go... It's like what I actually said is like verse like 9, 10, 11. Like oh, this between, is good, though. For the mouth of the wicked and the mouth of the deceitful are open against me. Yes. They have spoken against me with a lying tongue. They compassed me about also with the words of hatred and fought against me without a cause. For my love, they are my adversaries, but I give myself unto prayer. And they have rewarded me evil for good and hatred for my love. Set thou a wicked man over me and let Satan stand at his right hand. When he shall be judged, let him be condemned and let his prayer become sin. Let his days be few and let another take his office. Let his children be fatherless and his wife of a widow. Let his children be continually vagabonds and beg. That's let them see. He said, that's what I said. That's what I said. <laughs> and everybody's like, she's cursing people. I'm like, did you read your Bible? The man, you can't You mad because I know how to pray and you don't? Like, that is not a me problem. That's a you problem at this point. Why are you going to curse their kids? Why are you going to say their kids going to be vagabonds? Why Listen. are you going to do that? <laughs> he said, let their children be continually Why? vagabonds and beg. Let them seek their bread also out of their desolate places. Let the extortioner catch all that he hath and let the stranger spoil his labor. Let there be none to extend mercy unto him. Neither let there be any to favor his fatherless children. Let his so posterity be cut off. I'm quoting the word of God. <laughs> We mad because I'm quoting the word of God. <laughs> Seriously, that's what I want to know. Why everybody so upset? Because I quoted the word of God. So you sat there and read this. Did you read this to to the people, or you? Wrote I didn't it? read the whole thing. I read those the the but vagabonds, the, the father, the, let them be, father. be fatherless. Because you know why? Because <laughs> I knew that that would get a rise out of out of a lot of people, and they don't read their Bible, so they don't know where it's at. But this is the word of God. When you come against God's people, he gives us words. He He literally, like, we don't have to think of these prayers. They're already there in all the Psalms for every situation that we go through. When we're depressed, when we have anxiety, when we don't, when we're broke, when he gives us words to say. And these are not necessarily literal words, right? So if we want to get into the theology, since I am whole master of Christian ministry at okay. Roberts University. For real? Yes. You know when it got a, a master's in divinity? At 4.0. A little nerdy stuff. A little nerdy stuff. Oh, Lord, I don't want that smoke with you then. <laughs> so, so if we want to get into the actual, okay, like, let's get into what I said in Psalm 1, 109. When we look at the text, we have to look at the literary, how it was written, the literary context and all that. Well, it's not a literal meaning, right? This is an exaggeration and a plea for help because this is describing the pain that I'm feeling on the inside of me. Right. But God has given me the proper words to to say that will 
helped me to stay from like sinning against my my brother per se and saying something that would really condemn them like yeah. in in an ungodly yeah. way. But he's given me the words to exaggerate. He's given me exaggerated words to express my feeling internally. And then from there, then he decides whatever he's going to do from there. So it doesn't literally mean like, oh, you're children- going to say it. Now everybody's going to be cursed. Just because <laughs> right. Danea said it, she just cursed everybody. Right. And so when we get into actually studying the word of God and like, again, like the literary and the theology part of it, it's not a literal meaning of that. So we have to look at the literary context and all of that to understand that this is an exaggeration. We're using hyperbole and simile, which some people yeah. don't know what that is. So I highly recommend <laughs> Google search. Um, <laughs> let, my, let my adversaries be clothed with shame and let them cover themselves with their own confusion as with a mantle. I will greatly praise the Lord with my mouth. Yea, I will praise him among the multitude for he shall stand at the right hand of the poor to save him for, from those that condemn his soul. And it goes right in, in, in accordance with no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every and tongue that rises up against me shall be condemned for this is my inheritance because I'm a servant of God. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So he gave us the words to say to, to come together with that scripture. And so people are mad because I use my Bible because I read it. And I, <laughs> and, um, they ain't mad I learned, that you, 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 you used the Bible. They mad because you posted it um, to well, the world. And then, and then, and then along with the, how the, am I supposed to teach the word of God if I don't well, post? Well, you're supposed to teach, you ain't supposed to curse it. You ain't supposed to, you're supposed to say, hey, listen, you know what I could do? You know, it's, it's a scripture he said in the Bible. Lead by example. No, no, Danae, you could say, hey, there's a scripture that I really, <laughs> I find solace in right now. It's Psalms 109. And let me read this scripture. And, you know, if See, you know, I got you though. Yeah. So, like two weeks before then, I actually did that where I actually read the whole psalm. And Bishop, my my father and the Lord, R.C. Blakes, he will watch that video that I did. And I actually talked about Psalm 109. I read the whole thing. I did a whole teaching on it before you, 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 I even released that video two weeks later. They ain't going to see that part. Of course they don't. They that, saw you with the cursing everybody. Of course. Was you acting, was you acting real crazy in the video? No, I wasn't. You were just reading it. I, I, I just Because everybody refer to that. They say she done cursed everybody on the internet. No, what I said was that every every everybody that is coming against me and, and talking against me and Derek Jackson with slander, mockery, lies. Your kid's going to be back. All this, all this shall happen. <laughs> <laughs> I quoted the word of God. That's what you're supposed to do. Y'all don't know how to y'all don't know how to fight in the spirit. <laughs> That ain't got nothing to do with me. <laughs> that ain't got nothing May to do with me. May your kids be vagabonds and beg for bread. Hyperbole. <laughs> Hyperbole. I stand behind it. I stand firm. I do not regret it's the what word I of said. God. You it's stand on the word of God. I do stand on it. He gave me words to say for a reason. I used it. He said the sword of the spirit is what? Rightly divided. <laughs> the sword of the spirit is the word of God. And so um, I use the word of God and apparently I... Shaked up a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. So you did the video. Did that help bring closeness to your marriage? Um, so we, at that point, by the time I did that video, we had he had already sent me the text message talking about he he wanted to end the um, marriage. So hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, that don't make sense. Mm -hmm. No, hold on. You yeah. didn't record a video after he already said he wanted a divorce. I did. Huh? I did. So he sent you a text message saying he wanted a divorce, and then you went and sat and recorded a video to stand beside him. I went because I knew that it was a spiritual attack. I didn't know. I didn't know that 
all what was going on on his part, I knew he was acting weird. So I was like, okay, this is a spiritual attack. I'm feeling this like very hard. Like the scripture is running it, running on me. So I was like, okay, let me see what's, I'm going to, I'm going to say the scripture. I'm going to do it. And then after I did that, everything became like visible to her. Then I found out about the, the, the girls, the women. Then I found out about all these. I'm like, we're talking about the women. You already knew about the women. The, the other, there was more. I didn't know about all of them. You knew about eleven. So I knew you said about more the 11. than eleven. I knew I knew about the eleven. There's more. There's more than that because homegirl that had my name in her mouth was not on the list of the eleven. So um, I don't know if he gave me the first starting eleven or the last starting eleven or the middle, but her name wasn't on it. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so so he told you he wanted a divorce when. And how did he tell you that? September 29th, 2022, he sent me a text message um, saying that he was done with the marriage. So 2022, but the video was recorded in 2021. No, the video was recorded in 2022. The the, the, what's known as the Helmet of Salvation video? Oh, no, that one. That was in 2021. Oh, you're talking about the cursing video. The cursing video, yeah. Okay, so we we done passed that. I want to go back to how did y'all, after you recorded that video, we're going to call it the Helmet of Salvation video, How what did the marriage start looking like? Oh, after that, um, we were, we leaned in. I feel like we leaned in to each other. We had our spiritual counsel actually came closer. They were making house calls um, to, <laughs> to, to us, bringing us stuff, um, talking to us individually. Um, and then, and then there was some, he started asking me questions like, do you, when's the last time you were in love or yeah, in love with me? And I was like, like two years ago, like, I love you, but I'm not in love with you right now. And in my mind, it makes sense why I'm not necessarily in love, but I do love, I do love you. And so that created a huge wedge between us. And that was about June, 2021. Like, yeah. About During that June, time, July. y'all still, was there ever a season where you were just like, I'm withholding sex with my husband? There, there, yes, <laughs> there was, there absolutely was. And that was like right after that June, July, um, when I, he asked me if I, I loved him, I said, I don't, I'm not in love with you, but I do love you. And then like that created a wound in, <laughs> in him. And so then there was just like, I can't trust him. Like with my body, it was just like a lot of like bickering back and forth between us. That was the only bit. time that happened in your marriage? No. Way in 2021? No, like, but well, we, clearly we weren't having a whole lot of sex before before then because he was at the condo. So I mean, I mean but he just come he, through and run through and then go back. Okay. Did he do that? Um, sure. <laughs> We're gonna go with that. Did you say that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, there was a, there was occasions and like towards the end before I even left and all that when I like I knew I I would start showing up to the condo condo rec- randomly and like let's. Let's do it, you know. And he was like, "No, I just want to talk, and I want, you know." So I was like, "You want to talk?" <laughs> so <laughs> he wants to talk to me. He is smashing <laughs> these ladies <laughs> hard. So you know, I I heard the prime starts like you know. So anyway, <laughs> you heard the prime start. <laughs> This is like late twenties, early thirties for men. Apparently, it's later for women though. <laughs> so, um, oh god, he wanted to talk to me. Um, so that's what we did. Y'all talked. We well, yeah. Yeah. 
And so in, in, in 2021, it was when you said after you bruised this ego because you said that it was two years ago where you were in love with him. Is that backtracking up to back to when y'all got married? Um, a little bit, a little bit after yeah, we got you're... married. A little bit after because, like, after we got married, he, there were still inappropriate conversations and all of that. And so when I'm thinking about, like, when was I truly, like, actually in love? It was, like, two years, two two years ago, like, where I really felt that. And so. In 2019. Er, um, early, early 20, early 2019, like, I was feeling myself. I was like, I'm in therapy. I done lost 66 pounds. I'm fine. You know, like, I have, I have arrived. I'm healed and whole. No, far from it, right? <laughs> but it was on. I was on the path. You was on, you was on the upward I was on the climb. path, but um, that's where I really felt like I'm in. I'm in. Like I'm in love with him, and he was feeling the whole time like I am miserable. I can't wait to get away from her. Clearly, he was smashing everything that was coming around. So we had two different things that we were feeling at that particular time. Did you ever find out how many women he actually cheated on you with? Was As a whole time in that, marriage? In, out, or whatever. Was there ever a moment that y'all had a, like a come to Jesus moment where y'all, he sat down and said, listen, to my knowledge, this is how many women I've slept with. Okay, so part of the um, recovery um, process where we were in the program for infidelity and all that is discovery. And in discovery, it's like we've trickled out a lot of information. Now it's time to go to level zero, ground zero, they call it. And so we had to, he had to make a list. And so he made a list of women, so everything that he could recollect. And there was nearly 100 women on there. And so. You're talking about the 100. Where are you going back to? That he to? wrote on the list. Now. You're talking about why y'all, you're talking about in his lifetime or are you talking about why y'all were dealing with each other? Okay, so we have to define these things. Um, so I did not do a good job at defining if it was the lifetime of, of his lifetime or if it was specific to just um well heck he been dating you since he was 19 right so, so in my mind it's, to me that's a lifetime right yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. in my mind so i'm thinking um at least since we have met um since we were 19 he wrote uh, he wrote down a hundred names yes what did you think when you saw that Like I don't, I don't know. I was just like, okay, I forgive you for all these things. We got counsel, so it wasn't just like he gave me this list and it's nothing, right? We actually had counsel. Like, okay, walk us through this. We're revealing this stuff. Like, what did you think? How are you feeling today? I'm just like, that's how I feel, <laughs> you know, no. like, right? And it's like, okay, well, now that this is ground like level zero, now we can rebuild, move forward and rebuild. And so it's from there, it's like, okay, I have to make a conscious choice every day to not think about or not not to re-bring it up, you know, unless it's re relevant to like this phase of the healing that I'm going through because we're dealing with it through therapy or whatever. But not just to be like randomly, yeah, I remember um, 99, you know, like, <laughs> I, I, you know, so... Um, it's a process to, and it's a shock, right? And again, there's a, a crushing that goes on 
with that, but I made a choice like, okay, I'm deciding to be here. I'm deciding to go through this process. I'm going to try this. And again, I'm dealing with this pregnant guys. I'm whole pregnant. Right. So did I do that successfully? No, I got whole pregnancy hormones. I'm yeah. mad. There's days I'm just mad. Yep. I'm just like, get out. <laughs> like, get out. Yeah. Like, I don't want to see you right now. Don't touch me. Don't like look at me right now. Like, I'm just upset that you even allowed it to get to this point. Why? Why were you so careless? Yeah. Like, did you not think about this? Yeah. Did you? Why do you get a gag order on these? Yeah. You know, like you over here like, trying to you right. trying to protect the bag. Right. You like you should did this. You right. Right. So there was a lot of that, and then so with that, I think that took a toll on him too. Um, just like his, he's he's still a whole person that has feelings and all that. Would you been okay with this? So let's 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 reimagine your marriage. Would you be okay with him saying this? Danea, this is it is what it is. I I love having sex with multiple women. I'm never going to dishonor you. I will make sure that none of this is is brought out in the open. I'm gonna have this on the side. You're gonna be provide the lifestyle that you dream of. I'm gonna honor you. I'm gonna respect you. I'm gonna take care of the kids. I'm gonna be a very present husband. But you have to allow me. I'm a man of means. You have to allow me to have sex with multiple women as I see fit. Verse, Can you agree with that? What Bible verses? We ain't gonna go by no Bible verses. The Book of Derek. <laughs> no. Or do you agree with this? Do you agree with this? No. No. And then I want to know what scripture that's in. <laughs> he say there's a story about <laughs> King David. He had uh, multiple wives and even more concubines. Okay, but and, was a, and, and the we, Bible called him a man after God's own heart. Did we did we read the whole thing, or are we just reading the? the We're gonna read what benefits me in this situation. Okay, well, so can you do this for me? No. <laughs> it's gonna be a hard no for me. oh god and so what made what broke he sent you a a text message you told me sent the text message you saying he wanted a divorce when was that that was september 29 2022 and where were you when you received that text message we were both at home he was upstairs and i was downstairs on the couch um i had just actually come back from um i did a freedom group where you basically, you know, you're going through freedom with all these people. You're talking about stuff with a group of women and stuff like that. You know, confidentiality. We're talking about forgiveness. And I was I was like, I'm going to go home. I'm going to say, you know, I forgive him for anything, anything that I've been holding on to or been, has been coming out of me. I would, I, and I did that. I said, I forgive you. Anything like that I have been doing that has shown unforgiveness, I forgive you for that. And the next words out of his mouth was, or via text, should I say, was um, I was done with us in this marriage after I said that. And I was like, okay, Lord, you, this is what, uh, this is what forgiveness gives you. <laughs> you said, I forgive you of everything. And he said, I want out of the marriage. Yes. Yes. Now, to even make, to spice it up, because I like spice. <laughs> Um, a couple of days before that, two day about two days before that, we had we were intimate. We were intimate, and then the next day he's like, "This is leading up to the text message." The next day he was like, "Um, I don't want to be intimate with you anymore for two months. I just want you to be completely whole and healed because I know you're still uncovering your um your rape trauma and all this stuff." And I was like, 
how does that make any sense? How is that helping us? We just got done talking to someone that said that we need to come closer together and that I need to be um, communicating to you any whatever discomfort I do have, but I'm still able to do something, which I have. I was doing stuff, (laughs) you know, Um, I was was doing stuff. And so um, he's like, I don't even want that because it just feels like constant rejection. And I'm like, okay, well. He said he felt rejected by you, even though you were. So wait, what do you I mean? was accommodating in other ways. If even if it was like okay, right now, like penetration is not like the best move right now, but I still care about pleasing you. Yeah, so you and take so care I would do other things, right? And so it's just like I don't even want that, you know. Like it's it's just constant rejection. I'm just like okay, well, this is about both of us, right? So I have to communicate to you like this is what's going on with me and I'm like I need help I need deliverance I'm speaking to such and such you see me speaking to such and such such and such like I'm trying to figure this yeah. thing out because this is important to yeah. me like I want to figure this out and he's like I want you to be completely whole I don't want to do anything for two months and then I was just like okay and I walked I walked away and then the next day he, two days after that then he um sent me the text message that said I'm done with us in the marriage. And so it's just like, okay. And then the next day after that, he said, he came to me in person and, and it was like, do you have any questions about my text message? And I was like, no. What you respond? You just responded. Okay. Yeah. I said, I said, okay, if that's what you want. And then the next day he made a video, he's wearing all Brown. And it's like, if somebody says, okay, if that's what you want, it's manipulative. And I was like, Oh, and then I commented on it. I was like, Hmm. Facts. <laughs> I got blocked, I think. <laughs> so <laughs> you see, think he got blocked. Yeah. He but, said that if someone says okay after you make a statement that's manipulative. Yeah. I mean, literally, that's verbatim what I had messaged him when he sent me, "Hey, I want to end the marriage. Like, I'm done with us in the marriage." And I was like, "Okay, oh, that's I want what you want. So he said, "If you tell me." I want to get a divorce, and I say okay if that's what you want. I'm being I'm being manipulative because I'm saying okay if that's what you want. Something to that effect. Yes, he he. Mm-hmm. Now he didn't say my name. Or of anything. course, he didn't say I, your uh, name. But, but you I'm know. saying I'm just talking about the statement isolated. Yeah. How is that manipulative if someone says okay in agreement to something that you said? That that ain't some backwards stuff. I'm if trying. I, I'm still trying to figure things out. So. I ain't never smoked weed in my life, but I think I'm gonna start no, smoking. No, we rebuke that in this. the name of Jesus. I need to understand what this thought philosophy is because that don't make no sense. <laughs> we I'm rebuke like... it in the name of Jesus. You will, you shall be free from marijuana in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Girl, I ain't smoked weed. You ever, yeah. See, you gotta watch what you say about the next. She's like, I, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. You better not. Not no. I'm talking not you. I'm telling the 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 the, the thought. She said the thought. The thought about it. You don't have to do that in your life. Then it was a joke. I know. I know. I know. Come on. I mess with you. I like so to. This, I, I joke in weird ways. So I'm gonna stop. I'm be no, serious. No, no, no. Be be, be you because I'm loving it. Um, and so when you look at that, then you comment, and then what happened? How did Charles' relationship has? Because technically, y'all are still married, correct? Yes, we're still married. We're and just filed. Y'all filed. Y'all filed. He filed. Who initiated the divorce? He filed. Um, he filed on October 13th, and then I counterfiled on October 25th. Why did you counterfile? Adultery. Um, what did he file? Irreconcilable differences. Um, adultery because when he sent me the text message on the 29th, that was a couple of days before our daughter's sixth birthday, 
And um, our friend that like wanted to speak about me um, on his page was in town um, on our daughter's birthday weekend. And so he spent a couple hours with us and then they went and did whatever they were doing while they were in town. So, um, yeah, so I think that qualifies because we were still married um, as adultery. So. And so y'all haven't gone to any hearings. Y'all haven't done anything. It's just filed. No, we haven't gotten through any hearings. We're waiting. I think oh, well, I'm counting the days down and all that. So we're waiting. We're waiting. It's a process, apparently. I didn't know it was a whole process to get divorced. I'm learning. <laughs> she said, I didn't know. I did not know. You I thought, thought you it was quick. write a letter and get divorced. Yeah, I thought it was quick. I thought, like, you know, you just push a button and. You be like, I want divorce. They say, granted. Yeah. I really did, but apparently, like, there's a whole process. process. You got to wait for these dates and court dates and all these things. I'm like, what? Do you still view yourself as a married woman? <laughs> um. So in the eyes of God, yes, I do still. So I'm over here waiting until I'm released completely. Um. But <laughs> wait, but waiting for what? Waiting to be like just completely like done with this part of the relationship. To do what? To go on about my life and, and not date. just no, I'm not ready to date. Right. No, I'm not ready to date or to do any of that. Um, I'm enjoying my, I like to call it freedom. Right. Um, <laughs> and healing. And healing. And so, um, it would be irresponsible for me to be dating right now. I've learned my lesson. I, you know, jumped into a relationship three weeks after rape trauma. I'm not about to jump into anything after, after all this trauma. All of this. And think that I'm about to have anything successful and what I want. So I'm going to take some time to myself Proud and my kids and focus on building my ministry and um, continuing to heal in a lots of ways and, and developing our children. And you're still extremely young. You mind telling people how old you are? Yeah, I'm 33. I'm 33. And fine. And look at the y'all. Okay. <laughs> Tommy, you see me? You see it? You, you see, see it? it? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> when you think about it, it's like you've been through all of this and you just 33. I'm 33. You would think I would look a little bit older, right? Yeah. Considering, because you know, there are people that yep. they wear all the trauma that they've experienced in their life. Like you can see it on their, in their physical. And I feel like, listen, the Lord has blessed me with not at least carrying all of it in my face. Mm. So. So what's on the horizon for you, Denea? Um, I'm continuing to build my ministry, um, my healed school for women and helping them through the cycles of just trauma of, of trying to do some of the things I did, imitate other women, <laughs> you know, yeah. jumping into a relationship too quickly after not dealing with trauma and all those things, the things that I've learned and I've already um, overcome as I'm continuing to heal in other ways, you know, so um, focusing on that and... Um, being what God has called me to be going into that next chapter. <sighs> you talk about a healed school. How can people connect with that school? Healed, yes. It's um, healed.com is on my Instagram. So you can go to the link on my Instagram. There's You'll see it. It says healed on it. And it's Infidelity Recovery Boot Camp. It's a eight-month process. And it's the same eight-month process that I had to go to the, through to really deep dive into some of those childhood traumas and, and, and pains and even the rape traumas and um, heal God's way. And it's a supplement to the natural world therapies and all that, because I do think that's important. Yes. And I'm not a licensed therapist or a psychologist, so you, there will need to be that aspect um, as a supplement 
to this process? When I think about how intentional God is, do you realize that you haven't even scratched the surface or began to approach the destiny that God has called you for? This is just the beginning. <laughs> Danae, let me tell you something who you're sitting across. You're sitting across a guy who cheated on my wife multiple oh. times when I was married. Wow. And um, the only difference between me and your current husband is that I never created a platform to try to tell people what not to do and the men and try to bash men. I dealt with my my struggles privately. Um, I did write her a list and wrote down the names of the people that I had cheated on her with. Uh, I walked through the proper healing from that. I went through therapy and counseling. I did all that, and then I put that behind me. And I just felt like it was best for us to part ways after that. And I prayed and asked God to allow me to divorce my wife with grace. And so she and I still have a cool relationship. Um, and so when I look at the journey that God has brought me through and has a, has afforded me the opportunity to sit across from a woman that has encountered her heart being mishandled like I did when I was married. Um, I made a vow to myself and I made a vow to my heavenly father that I would do the work in my single life so that I never allow a woman to encounter the mishandling of her heart by my hands ever again. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. And so I, I, I thank you for your transparency. I thank you for your vulnerability. I thank you for uh, shedding light on not only who you are, but who God is. Mm -hmm. Because what's, who sits across from me is a woman that has been through the fire but doesn't smell like smoke. As a woman who has met adversity and the devil tried to see, the devil wasn't playing with you, Denea. He, no, he no came games. to kill, steal, and destroy your life. He did. But there's a caveat to that story. The Bible says, Jesus says, but I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. Yes. And so I speak that abundant life over you from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. I, I speak it. right now in the name of Jesus for God to take the pain that you've been through and produce a platform that you used to be behind the scenes. And now God is shifting you to the forefront. God it. is about to release something in your life that's going to blow your mind. And it's because of the things that you've gone through that now you've gotten the anointing over those situations so that the other women... And even men that are going through their hearts being mishandled through adultery, that 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 God is going to use you just by a word that you'll speak into their life that yes. will break them and, and, and bring freedom into their life like they've never experienced before. And the reason why you're going to carry that level of anointing. It's because you've been through the fire. I receive it. It's because you've been there and done that. I and so it's that. not somebody that read some textbook about how to overcome grief, how to overcome suicidal thoughts, no. how to overcome suicidal attempts, how to overcome reclaiming and regaining your life back. It's somebody that says, I, I didn't read about it. I am the story. I lived through it. And I'm a, literally a living testimony of that. And that's why when I get up and do what I do, I'm passionate about it. And I don't back down from that. Excuse me. I don't back down from that. And um, I, I really have a heart to help others because my testimony and my story is the answer to the cry of millions who are struggling and dying mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and sometimes physically from just the level of things that I've experienced that they're experiencing on maybe a, a, a lower level. So you said RC Blake's. Our, our, our friend, your yes. spiritual father, 
gave you a word that you realized that you had been struggling with where where I said, why would you know that someone was cheating on you and then you still marry him? Why would you go through this? And what word did he drop? It's a broken conscious woman, right? So I used to be a broken conscious woman. And, you know, it takes a lot to acknowledge that and then understand, like unpack that, all the trauma. Like, why would you accept all the things that I just spilled out to you? Why do you accept that? Why'd you continue to do it? Broken conscious woman, when you have experienced so many fragmentations in your life, the world is telling you, you can only get this by opening your legs and doing it this way. Um, You know, you're experiencing heartbreak, you know, in your personal experience, all of this contribute to that. And then you're not dealing with it and being healed from that. So you're carrying it into the next relationship and not realizing that you're carrying and acting on toxicity, you have toxic behavior that you have to heal and be transformed from. And so when I learned that that term, and I was like, oh my gosh, I was a broken conscious woman. And I absolutely was. There's no way that any woman that is whole in mind is going to try to take on the, the mindset of another woman and try to imitate them um, in bed and all these things, you know? And so I had to acknowledge that, accept and take responsibility and accountability for that and then be able to move forward from there. And that's what I'm hoping that other women can start to do is that we have to take responsibility and accountability for our decision-making in that and then be and grow from that and not be ashamed of it because we went through it, but understand that that's going to help somebody else and that we maybe um, that we've grown from that experience and that God can use it still. Definitely want to give RC a, a shout out because yes. uh, you conferred with him about whether or not to come on the podcast. I did. I was like, I was like, can you can you see if this? First off, can you see if this is the real person? Because you know, people be in my messages pretending to be people, and, <laughs> and he was like, absolutely, you know, no hesitation. So he he did that and confirmed that, and um, I really appreciate that because again, you know. I don't really know what that fatherly dynamic is like. And so for him to take on that um, role, really, and really just look look out for me in that way has meant so much. And he's constantly telling me how proud he is of me, of just handling things the way I've been able to handle it yeah. so far. And so um, it means a lot to me. And I just love him and um, Lisa so much. <laughs> yeah, I love them. They're amazing. They were on the podcast. they absolutely amazing. Uh, I got a DM. I was on the plane for coming from Jamaica and my good friend Tam, she uh, sent me a uh, the video. It was a video that you posted where you started dropping screenshots of um, tabloids and articles where they were talking bad about you and it had somebody preaching in the background and you was like, who and what and all that stuff or whatever. They said, you need to get on the podcast. And I was like, man, I said, let me, let me go see. Because I had DM'd you uh, a while back and um, no response. So I said, this time I'm going to go ahead and send it as an email. And I said, she's supposed to be on here. This is the season of Miracles and Manifestation. I will provide the platform where she can speak uninterrupted, unedited, 
her truth, the way she wants to tell it. And then within 10 minutes of me sending that thing, you responded back and was like, okay, I'll do it. I said, hold on, is this the right person? Yes. So, so said, we're thinking the same thing. Like, is, is this, did she really said, respond? Is this the right person? She just say she's going to do this. Why is she going to yes. do this? I said, why is she going to come do this? You know, and then and then I was like, here, send your phone number. I said, that's how I'm going to know for sure. Send me your phone number and then we're going to talk. And you sent the number and I was like, all right, cool. Yes. And then I just said, okay, God, I see what you're doing. Um, but then when the first time I got on the phone, because you got to think, uh, before I got on the phone with you, I was like, is this girl, if, if she's dealing with mental illness, I'm not going to put on my platform and exploit her like <laughs> Everybody that. Everybody thinks that. Yeah, because you be posting <laughs> stuff, and they be like, they be saying this, and I wasn't even following your stuff like that, and I just be hearing rhetoric. And so I was like, I hope I'm not going to put it out there. I ain't going to explore it like that. I don't care about an interview. I'm not going to do my sister in Christ like that. So I said, I'm going to vet her and see if she's in her right mind. Man, I get on the phone with you. I said, man, girl, what's going on? I mean, it was just like, I said, this girl is so clear, so brilliant, so smart. <laughs> And, and, and so healed because that was the other thing. I didn't want you on the podcast if you were going to be bleeding on people. Right. And I knew that it would be too soon. And then I get on the phone with y'all said, okay, God, I see it. This girl is perfect for yeah. this moment. This is, this is your season. The Lord, look, listen, the Lord is showing up and showing out in, in my life. Like literally my whole life is a living testimony. When I say that I'm healed, he literally reached in and pulled some things out of me. Um, maybe there's some some little things that I'm still healing from, but yeah. it's definitely not where it could where it used to be, should I say? And so I've come a long way, and I'm I'm excited for that. And thank you for that. I'm glad you, that somebody can actually have a conversation with me and then be like, you know what? She is not as crazy as they said that she was. <laughs> I mean, you know, her jokes are a little weird, but. You know? Your jokes be funny. I was dying laughing at you. It was funny. <laughs> one, one thing one thing that I always know when somebody is healed is when they can laugh. Yes. Healing shows up in laughter so much. When you think about some of the most painful things you've been through and you'd be like, yeah, and I did this, this, this. It's like, okay, because you know before, like you said, about three, four years ago, You've been out of here. Yeah. You wouldn't even want to have a conversation. You would probably tore up this whole studio. What you know conversation? What I'm Listen, <laughs> I have busted some windows and slashed some tires. That's okay. That's that's where I would be. All day. <laughs> yeah, All day. And that's what I'm talking about. And so what I what, what I heard on the other side of that phone was a healed woman that I knew that God has anointed for such a time as this. Yes. And so um, I want you to continue to be encouraging what you're doing. Thank you. Uh, God is going to blow your mind. You're going to look back it. at these last couple of years. You're going to be like, oh, God gave me double and triple for my trouble. I receive all of yeah. that right watch, now. Watch what happens. Watch, it. watch what I'm telling you. As sure as I am black, I know this is a fact. Uh, I know you it know. is true because you are black. Uh, yeah, I'm black. I'm blackly black. <laughs> I'm black. I'm black. I'm black. <laughs> but no, listen, um, how can they connect with you? Danea Jackson on Instagram, Danea Jackson on TikTok, Danea Jackson 3 on YouTube. Well, Danea Jackson ain't like it's spelled the regular way on no Instagram. Well, you know, it's phonetically spelled because, you know, everybody doesn't know how to say my name. So I had to go old school. I'll put and a link. So, I'll put a link in the description. <laughs> yes. It's, it's D-U-H underscore N-A-Y underscore U-H underscore Jackson regular um, for my Instagram. And that's the same for my TikTok as well and my actual name Danea Jackson regular spell is on YouTube so yes hmm. <laughs> well 
hate to let you go, but no, we had so much fun. We did. Yeah, we, we had so much to, fun. We had to we chop had to, it up again. Yeah, sometime. we gonna do a live or something. <laughs> I always do a live after the interview. Yeah, and then we chop it up on IG. So let's uh, do that. Yeah, we definitely gotta do that because these people finna they they mind from the they, they already got this little teaser, so they, be they like, are like, <gasps> they like boy, what? the sweat. What? That is coming down some foreheads right now. Some, 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 some <laughs> a particular forehead. They like Jesus. What do you think he'll ever try to come on here? No. Why don't he do interviews? I don't know. I really don't. I can't. Um, I think he does them. It just has to be. I ain't never seen him on an interview on nobody's platform. No. He's been on a couple. Um, I can't remember any of the, the yeah, names right now. But early, early on, early on, like recently, I don't think he's been on any, but. And earlier on in the career, he's been on a few. You think he'll come on Dear Future Wife podcast? Probably not, <laughs> to be honest. I you don't, know, believe, it. I don't nah, believe it either. I don't think he will. You know, so he, he came up with um, the term Dear Future Wife. So You said he came what? He came up with the term Dear Future Wife. So I'm just going to leave it there. Oh, you said he came up. So. Well, praise the Lord, I own the trademark. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I own Dear Future Wife and Dear Future Wifey. Amen, somebody. Amen. 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 So. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's funny how he it is. released that. He came up with the whole term of Dear Future. All right. Well, listen, thank y'all so much. We had an exciting time. Uh, y'all give it up for my sister, Danea Jackson. Thank you. Thank you for being transparent. Yes, it's awesome. Thank y'all. Ladarian. Thrusted suddenly into Child Protective Services in 2015. My nephew, black, a boy. The likelihood of being adopted outside of kinship, slim to none. Armani, 16 years old, black, a boy, with five years in the foster care system before I even knew his name. The likelihood of ever being adopted, yep, you guessed it, slim to none. While Ladarian and Armani were trying to survive and barely thrive in an overpopulated and underfunded foster care system, I was living my own life, doing well professionally. Having been a single father with a daughter who at that point was doing well in college, it was my time to live my life, right? Wrong. I felt unsettled, tireless, agitated. There are just too many of our black children stuck in ambiguity and in the limbo of the foster care system. In 2017, I legally adopted my nephew, Ladarian. Fast forward to 2019, I had no ties to this other young king, but I felt God instructed me to adopt him also, and I obeyed. Starting over with parenting should have been enough, right? Working with various foster care and adoption agencies to help bring awareness to the countless young black kings in the foster care system should have decreased my agitation, right? Joining the board of directors of Advantage Adoption, an organization that helps find permanent adoptive homes for children in foster care, should have led to some type of resolve, right? No, not at all. None of it felt like I had done enough. I now realize that every one of those experiences was laying the fundamental foundation for my life's mission, Kingdom Royale. Kingdom Royale will be a luxury, state-of-the-art home for foster boys. Our first location will be in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We will utilize the whole person approach that instills identity, empowers them to advocate for themselves, and enlightens them regarding new perspectives and limitless options that they thought were impossible. Though the young kings will attend the local public schools that are in proximity to Kingdom Royale, 
Our at-home curriculum will broaden their worldview through participating in the arts, attending various cultural events, learning about and engaging in multifaceted discussions about current events and even relevant historical contexts, introducing them to gardening and landscaping and even caring for our animals on our farm and on-site stables. We just launched our startup capital campaign with the goal of raising $2.8 million. Now, why $2.8 million? Well, in 2017, I created a web series in which I performed random acts of kindness for targeting the homeless community. One of the most notable successes was that one of the videos went viral, garnering 28 million views. However, one of my biggest regrets is that I didn't raise a single dollar to help in implementing a more sustainable plan for the homeless community. So throughout the years, with much remorse, I reflected on not maximizing that moment. I knew if at that time, just 10% of the viewers donated $1, we would have raised at least $2.8 million that could have really established long-term support for the homeless community, or at least started a long-term initiative to do so. This is my do-over. This is our new beginning. Together, we can attack this at the root by specifically helping our homeless black boys who are already disproportionately represented in the American foster care system. I'm LaTaris R. Whitfield. I've been nominated for three regional Emmys documenting my work with the homeless as well as my personal adoption journey. Despite those accolades, the greatest award for me is truly providing the infrastructure for a transformed life. Visit KingdomRoyale.com for more details. Crown a king and make a donation today. Man, this episode was absolutely amazing. I just, I'm so humbled by the fact that Danea saw that the Dear Future Wifey podcast will provide a safe space for her to share her truth when so many people have been asking her to share her story. It's been absolutely amazing. Um, wow, I mean, her transparency touched me a lot, which is a perfect transition for this healing retreat that we're doing in November. November the 9th to the 12th, we'll be at the LeBlanc and Los Cabos, Mexico. Make sure you join us. There's going to be a link in the description of this YouTube video. Make sure that you uh, register. A lot of times, well, what happened in Jamaica, a lot of y'all found out after the fact, and y'all were upset, y'all were begging, can y'all please squeeze one more in, um, and we just couldn't. So now I'm giving you a notice. You're hearing it in this episode. Go ahead, visit the link in the in the description and register for your spot to join us in Los Cabos, Mexico. Healing Retreat. I'm bringing my boy, uh, Bashe Williams. He's going to be our on-site therapist. I can't wait till y'all experience this. We're going to be healing the mind, body, and soul. So uh, something that you definitely want to be a part of. Well, here's my favorite part of the podcast where I speak to my future wifey. Dear future wifey, trauma. I can't imagine all that you've been through before our I do. However, one promise I make to you is not to reintroduce trauma into your life. I can't prevent disappointments, but I can prevent being the initiator of trauma. Trauma is defined as a deeply distressing or disturbing experience. It is my goal to be an oasis for your soul. Find solace in my consistency. Find refuge 
in the safety of my love. I will bring healing to your life by transparency, vulnerability, and unconditional covering. I'm looking forward to loving you to life, your future hubby. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Dear Future Wifey podcast. Remember, be lit, live intentionally and transparently, and don't stop loving. Make sure to subscribe to our Dear Future Wifey YouTube channel. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. We welcome your support. Simply share our podcast with your friends and family. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.